Get the truth, then play. Hello, you're listening to Ask Gambler's podcast. This is a collective journey of exploring every aspect of iGaming, from games and trends to casinos and promotions, all through the lens of expert and personal experiences and insights. We wish to welcome you to our gambling community. I'm your host, Nikki Griffiths. Poker is a classic table game and a staple at every major online casino. Gameplay strategy and the possibility of huge wins makes this one of the most popular games in the world. Today, we have Vladimir Bojinovic with us, a professional poker player, to talk us through the most important tips when playing. Welcome, Vladimir. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Nikki. And uh, once again, thanks for having me in your amazing podcast. It's an honor for me to be a part of this. It's the first time that we've had a professional poker player on our show. So just to get it started, can you please tell us a bit more about your journey with poker and how long you've been playing poker, both as an amateur and as a professional? I always had a thing for card games. My parents were like pretty successful bridge players in former Yugoslavia, winning a few state championships and many smaller tournaments. So uh, love for playing cards came for me naturally. It was part of my growing up, actually. My father taught me how to play poker when I was like 10 or 11. Of course, it was just for fun playing versus him and my older brother with no money on the line. But it was good fundamentals to start having the game. And when I first started playing something for real money, that was like in the end of my high school, I played home games with my friends, tournaments at the most, but it also was just for like peanuts money. In 2007, the first real poker club opened doors in Belgrade and I started playing on a regular basis. I would say that first few years of me playing was still on uh, amateur's level. I didn't put as much work and time in my game before as I still was uh, on college at that time. When did you decide to play poker professionally and why? I would say I turned pro sometime around uh, late 2010 or early 2011. I was still in the college before and I started earning money, I guess, when I was young. So uh, it just came like a natural decision to me to you know, quit the college and start playing poker professionally. Do you also play online poker? Is there a variant that you prefer? Um, during my career, I played a lot of live poker, but also a fair share of online. Uh, although I, I consider myself a primarily live poker player, I had some success in online waters as well. And I still enjoy playing tournaments online nowadays. Let's move on to today's episode subject, tips for playing poker like a pro. An essential part of playing poker is the pre-flop, of course. What should be considered when deciding between playing or not playing? As you said yourself, it's one of the fundamentals and the most of mistakes players are making are starting from preflop. I would say that for beginners, preflop is the most important thing to master. There are so many things you need to think about and put into equitation. First of all is uh, logically your holding or how strong your whole cards are. Position on the table play enormous part of the deciding do you want to play your hand. As earlier you act, let's say you are in the first position or under the gun, as we say it, or under the gun plus one, you want to play generally tighter because you have a lot of opponents to act after you and you really need a strong holding to consider entering the pot. As your position moves further away towards the middle of the table, you can start playing more hands, adding a variety of combinations into your hand range. Of course, in the last positions, cut off and button, you can profitably play a lot of your starting holdings. The reason for all of this lies uh, with not only you have less opponents to worry about, but also you get to act last on every future streets, like flop, turn, and river. 
position is probably the most important thing in poker, and I probably can't emphasize that enough. Of course, at the same time, you need to think about your stack size, your uh, opponent's stack sizes, game dynamics, try to find out the level of skill opponents has, and uh, a lot of other things as well. In general, what is your approach on the preflop? Well, I would say that I'm changing my preflop strategy a lot, depending on who I'm playing against. For example, if I'm at the table with a lot of uh, recreational players, I will probably play a lot of more hands than I'm supposed to because I will try to exploit the leaks in the game post-flop and find a way to maneuver and win the pots that don't belong to me. If the table is tougher and has more stronger opponents, I will try to play more solid style and patiently wait for the right spots. That's basically it. Talking about poker hands, could you tell us more about why poker players should study hands probabilities and how helpful this can be for them to have a better playing experience? If you're talking about pure probabilities in terms of which of two hands has more chance to win bots, it's one of the essentials and must know for every player that wants to compete even on the lowest levels. It's basically pretty easy math and takes no time to, for an ordinary man to learn. But uh, you will need some practice and experience, though, for this process become a natural thing to you, you know. For example, every time I see a certain hand, whether I'm playing or watching some TV content or similar, uh, I know in a matter of a few seconds what are the odds of a certain hand to win. I don't even have to do the math based on the experience I have. I, have, I roughly know everything I need. Uh, and 99% of the professionals are doing the same. There are some more complicated mathematical concepts of the game that I wouldn't introduce to this topic now. But if you want to compete at a higher level, you definitely need to incorporate them to your game as well. You said when you see a particular hand, you quickly know the odds. Could you give us an example of that? All right. So now let's see. you have like, uh, I don't know, ace queen of spades in your hands and the flop came like uh, 10, 7 deuce with two spades. So basically, first thing you, you need to do to get the, the equitation right is to count out the odds you have. So the card that can uh, fail on the turn, that can improve your hand. So in this case, there is three aces left in the deck, three queens left in the deck, and the nine remaining spades. So it would be like 9 plus 3 plus 3. It would be 15 outs you can hit on the turn. Math is, after that is pretty simple. So you have like a roughly like four times the number of outs, it's like roughly the number of percentages you have that your hand's going to improve. That doesn't necessarily mean that your hand's going to be the best because let's say you can hit an ace on the turn and the opponent can have two pairs. So you're not having the best hand, but you're improving the, the strength of your hand from ace high to top pair. Like I said, intuitively, I know, like, when I see the flop with two spades, I know that I have two spades in my hands and I have two hour cards. I just know it's 15, 15 outs, it's 60%. I mean, it's just like... It just comes naturally now. Just like a normal thing, yeah. It just comes naturally, yeah. yeah. This is probably the million-dollar question, but how can players minimize the losses with a poor hand and maximize winnings when dealt a good one? I would say that this is not that hard to minimize losses with a bad hand. It's easy. You simply fold preflop and don't lose any money. It's hard to find a way to lose less money when you have a good hand and your opponent has a stronger one. I think you need to gain a lot of experience with this game and to become a better hand reader. So you could see the patterns that are constantly repeating. So you can start making some good folds and uh, earning a few extra bucks. Also, I think the mistake amateurs are making the most is that they are afraid of putting big bets in when they have a very strong hand because they are afraid that they are going to chase everybody away and that they're not going to win any money at all. If you want to maximize your profits, just make big bets when you have strong holdings, as simple as that. Obviously, if you're playing against a tougher competition, it won't be that easy. But let's leave this subject for another time. You know. Considering all the poker rounds, what would be crucial for beginners to pay attention to in each of them? 
They should all be playing way more tight in the beginning, playing way less hands prefer, concentrating only on the strongest holdings, like big pocket pairs, strong, strong Broadway cards, and suited aces, etc. If you're playing only strong holdings, it's way harder to lose money because it increases your chances of having a best hand at the showdown by a mile. Also, amateurs tend to play uh, too passive, always calling other people raises, checking a lot, and don't reading the action. Just don't be afraid to better raise when you have a good hand. Of course, this strategy has many leaks because more skillful players are going to see this and they will take advantage of it by not paying off your big hands and taking every small pot of you when both of you don't have anything. But you need time to master the game of No Limit Hold'em. You need to play uh, a lot of hands and learn uh, a lot of things so you could compete at the higher levels. On the other hand, if you're playing a solid, tight, aggressive strategy against other amateurs, you will more often than not put yourself in the winning position. One of the most popular parts of poker is the bluff. But players shouldn't rely too much on that, especially if they're beginners. Would you share some tips when it comes to bluffing? Is there a best round or type of hands to bluff? Bluffing is a essential part of the game, and it's a must-have thing in your arsenal of plays. Bluffing essentially means betting with the worst hands, trying to make your opponent fold a better one. It's hard to make strong hands in Texas Hold'em, so the uh, vast majority of the time you will not have a big hand, so you need to find a way to win those spots by bluffing. Of course, you need to be very careful when choosing the right hands and situations, because if you start playing like a maniac and just randomly bet every hand on every street, even the unexperienced players will quickly see what's going on, and they will start to adjust by calling you down lighter. Best hands to use as a bluff are the one which can drastically improve in future streets, like uh, straight draws and flush draws. We call these kind of hands uh, semi-bluffs. When you bet with these kind of hands, you have two ways of winning a pot. First, if your opponent folds immediately, and the second is even better because you are drawing to the pretty strong hands, so in case turn or river brings you a flush or a straight, you will be in a good position to win a big pot with a very good hand. Essentially, point is to always try to give yourself some outs. You know, never bluff with... Anything, basically. Even just two hour cards to the board can sometimes be a good bluffing candidate. I would strongly recommend to beginners that they don't try to do a lot beside of semi-bluffing. And as you get better at this game, there will be more and more spots in which you can apply pressure by bluffing more aggressively. How important is learning to read an opponent whilst playing poker? Is it something new players need to pay attention to? Or is it more useful to those who know the game better? I would say it's very important, but also it's not something you have to look first when making decisions with your hands. When I'm deciding whether I'm going to call a bet or make a big raise or something like that, first thing I'm relying on is my hand strength and uh, my opponent's previous action, which can help me determine his hand strength. Physical thoughts are a thing. There are certain patterns of behavior that people subconsciously do, and you can take advantage of them, but it shouldn't be your priority when making decisions exception is like cases when you have a lot of experience playing with a single person and know exactly how he behaves in the different spots. I know I said it many times already, but when you're playing against better players, it's way harder to spot these kind of emotions in them because they learn how to conceal them very good. Could you tell us a situation where you bluffed during a game or round and the result was really good? I played a million of millions of hands during my poker career, obviously, and I bluffed and got bluffed so many times that I don't get too hyped about it. But if I need to like uh, recall about a single spot, I remember a funny hand that I played recently in a live cash game. So uh, seven deuce is the worst possible holding you can get in no limit hold'em statistically. 
So sometimes players at the table make a deal just to make a game more juicier. That whoever wins a hand with uh, seven deuce gets an extra bonus from every player at the table. Because it's so hard to win with this hand, basically you're almost never going to make a strong hand with it. So you will probably have to pull out a bluff in order to get that extra money. So I got out seven deuce on the big blinds and there was a raise in a few colors in front of me. So I decided to raise squeeze and try to represent big hands. Hopefully picking the pot down right there. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Instead, two guys called and we saw the Jack 10-3 rainbow. I continued with my story of having a stone holding, so I bet again. One, one guy got out of the way, but the other sticked around. Turn brother queen, so I was thinking that now is the right time to bet again because I can so credibly represent like having ace king for the nut straight or some other big hand. So I bet again, but my foe called again. And we were going to the river in the pot that was already pretty big. And at this point, I knew he was very strong and that probably had the hand that can call me down on the river as well. So luckily for me, the king fell on the river. So making the final board of uh, jack, 10, 3, queen, king. So it's just a four rhino to the straight. Any ace could make a straight. And considering I was the aggressor preflop, and I could easily have an ace in my hand for the nut straight. And it's not that, that easy for him to have a, to have the ace. Uh, I went with my guts and pushed Dorian on the river. And he reluctantly folded after somewhere while whining about bad luck because he had pocket tens in his, his hand for the flop set which is extremely strong head on the flop. But on this run out, it's actually not quite good. So you can imagine his face when I showed seven years for a bluff and he and the rest of the table needed to pay me more money for a successful bluff, you know. Wow, interesting bluff, but it sounds pretty risky too. How do you balance risk versus opportunity before deciding to bluff in a situation like this? Well, it's one of the basic concepts of uh, Norlin Hold'em in generally. It's like uh, risk versus reward, you know. You, you need to to include many things into into that equation. I'm just like, uh, when you're playing poker in general, you need to forget about the money. You just don't, don't play in money. That, that's, that's not money, that's just chips. It's just number of the big blinds you have. It's just like you're playing the game. If you can't do that in your hands, just don't play poker because it's not, it's not for you. If you're not accustomed to using big amounts of money and winning big amounts of money, the poker is not, not the right thing for you because uh, you will have a pretty big psychological ups and downs, you know, feeling way too overconfident when you're winning or feeling way too bad when you're losing. So uh, in the long run, you're not going to make a, a fortune out of playing this game. I mean, there are some mathematical processes how you are trying to get a, a read out of certain opponents uh, what hands do they have like uh, based on their previous actions what do they do how, how did they enter the pot what were they sizing spray for upon the flop did they check did they bet did they call did they raise and uh, you just have like the hand range like the op- all of the possible hands that your opponent can have and uh, based on uh, his his actions you're just narrowing that range down it's very hard to have a guess of like exact holding, but let's say like you're thinking about five or 10 or 15 possible hands that he can have. And if in that range, there's like uh, hands that are not that strong, then maybe it's the right time for you to try to pull out a massive bluff because you in your range have some nutted hands that can beat his hands. And that's like probably the good time to try bluffing, you know. What was the most challenging part when you were learning how to play poker? Do you have a mentor or someone that inspired you? Well, I really like that part of my life. 
I was so fired up about poker and learning everything I can about it. I was uh, eating, breathing, and sleeping poker 24-7, literally. It was just all, all, all poker for me. Back in the day, it was way harder for me to learn poker than it's now for the new players, simply because there wasn't enough content you could find, especially if, you, if you're living in Serbia. I remember I found one book about some basic strategies and a few other YouTube videos, and that was basically it. And uh, all the other things I had to do on my own. I would spend nights in my room with a deck of cards, dealing random hands to myself and trying to do some simulations of possible hands, runouts, and outcomes. It was so funny, and I enjoyed it a lot. And also, I had a group of, group of friends who played a lot too, so we talked about poker on a daily basis, and that was essential for my growth as a player too. Nowadays, internet is uh, frauded with all kind of free content that is quite good and you can become much better in the game real quick. Game changed so much in past 15 years. It's constantly evolving and raising and in order to compete with the best, you need to study all the time. And are you a mentor to anyone? Do you train anybody? Well, that's a big thing in poker, being a mentor and being coached and being coached. I mean, I never done that. I mean, to be like the real coach doing like reviews of the hands and i was taking some coaching but i never did that i don't think that i'm good enough to not good enough as a player but not not good enough teacher i mean i i mentored like a lot of guys uh, here for like some live games i would say coaching them taking them or doing some things but uh, it's more like a friendly approach than a professional approach but nowadays i mean you you can hire like the online coaches for playing poker from like as cheap as for like 50 or 100 bucks per hour to all the way up to like 5,000 or 10,000 bucks per hour, you know, just to get some tips out of them. You know. Have technological advances driven changes in poker over these past 15 years that you mentioned? Are there any more striking changes in this regard? Yeah, basically poker changed like completely in past 15 years. So especially in like past uh, five or six, because... Uh, there are more than humans right now in poker. So uh, computers started to dealing with these problems, you know. So we have uh, right now something that's called uh, solvers. Uh, basically, where uh, the game is trying to be solved. You know, it's it's like that you can have like the best uh, possible play in every possible situation. I mean, basically it is solved, but uh, like no human brain will ever be able to, to do those calculations ins- inside of his head. So you will never be able to play like a computer because it's too complicated. There are too many variables. And there is something that we call uh, GTO. It's Game Theory Optimal. So basically it, uh, it's a strategy that will make you invulnerable to any plays your opponents can make against you. So you're becoming unexploitable. So it's uh, it's not always gonna be the best thing to, to do, you know. You you can find like the better move, but if you find if you're playing some better moves, then for the future hands that they're gonna happen, the other guy can exploit you. So it's kind of a weird concept, but if you're not like deep into the poker, it's maybe hard to understand. Guys who are playing like uh, on the highest level right now these days, they are trying to do the same thing as computer would do. So they they are like becoming unexploitable for the future. And these guys are like the best players in the world, obviously. So they then know what are they doing. No word about that. But uh, there's like a big debate in poker is like trying to play GTO. I mean, nobody can play GTO because it's so hard. I said it before, but is it better to have like a full uh, game theory optimal approach to the game or like more exploitative approach to the game? By my humble opinion, and I mean, I'm, I think that that's like what everybody's saying, but... Uh, 
I think the best of, of it would be like uh, the mix of both. Could you tell us more about a memorable game along your poker journey so far? First thing that comes to mind would be my biggest tournament success so far. I won a WPT championship in Baden, Austria, almost 10 years ago in February 2013. Time is flying. I can't believe it's been that long, honestly. Yeah. I used to travel for poker before that as well, but uh, mostly for playing uh, smaller cash games and maybe one or two low-stakes tournaments. So uh, this was my first trip into the world of high-stakes poker and finally playing with the guys I was only watching on TV before. So I remember my banker was booming at the time. My friend won an online satellite to this event, and I was like, why don't I let's go and have some fun? Long story short, the event lasted five days. I was running extremely good, make a triple during day one, and more or less stick to it until the end of the tournament. I won the whole thing, got a bunch of money, my name forever in the books of one of the most important adventures in poker, blah, blah, blah. I even got an invitation to a tournament of champions in Las Vegas that year. It was like the final tournament of the season with the highest buy possible at the time. It was basically a dream coming true. I remember that for the final day, a group of like 10 Serbian friends came driving all the way to Vienna to give me support on the final table. And winning the title in front of them was uh, the best feeling on earth at the time. Thank you. <laughs> what is your advice for players who have just begun their journey in the poker universe? I would say that banker management is the single most important thing in your poker career. Take some money aside from your daily life. It doesn't matter how big or small that amount is. Just take it away and forget about it. Use that money only for poker and try not to look at it as it's money. It's just a working tool that will allow you to play the game. Make a good plan for the type of games you want to play. Do you want to play tournaments? Do you want to play cash games? Do you want to play live? Do you play online? And uh, focus on it as hard as you can. Try to never lose a significant part of your banker in one game or tournament. Also, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, you need to embrace the fact that you're going to lose and that you're going to lose a lot. It doesn't matter how good you are. You will always have a losing streak that can be very painful, both emotionally and financially. You just need to be strong in those times in trying to play the, your best game because probably fortune will change soon enough. And as we spoke before, you need to minimize your losings and maximize your winnings. And your tilted head isn't going to help you with it. It's... Good time if you want to start learning poker right now. There is so many coaches and content up there, there for grabs and you should use a lot of it. Take advices from other players. Don't let your ego guide you. That would be like the basically the most important things the new player should know. Playing responsibly is vital nowadays, especially for those who play poker online. What should players do to play poker responsibly? Well, as I mentioned before, just uh, be wise with your money. I mean, especially if you're playing like uh, as an amateur, this should be like fun for you. Don't If you have like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to talk a lot about uh, numbers, but uh, let's say you have like a hundred quid to spend, you know, and, and you want to have to have fun spending a hundred bucks on, on playing poker online. Just don't like play the tournament that, that costs hundred dollars to enter and you can like lose it in, in one minute, you know, just try to, to play like... A hundred tournaments that cost like a dollar, you know. So you can you you can you can spend your time like more wisely, and you have some chance of winning. Also, uh, don't go uh, too much over your head. I mean, that's not a point. I mean, just just try to have some fun if you're not playing poker professionally. Just try to you know to enjoy your time, not to not to gamble away everything you deposited or. So also a very important thing is taking some time off, you know, from the physical point of view, from the mental point of view, you need uh, you need to take a break. I mean, 
from everything and that includes playing poker and then any any other game because uh, after some few hours of doing the same repetitive content uh, as as similar to playing poker your brain just not functioning good and you don't see things really good right now you don't see clear so you can make like a lot of decisions you will regret about later like uh, losing too much money for on the first place this has been a fascinating look at the game of poker through the eyes of a professional thank you vladimir for all the tips and insights thank you nikki for having me This podcast is brought to you by Ask Gamblers, a leading authority on all things online gambling. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and hit the follow button. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have a burning question or a comment, make sure to send us an email at podcast@askgamblers.com or visit our forum to share your thoughts. To learn more about Ask Gamblers, check out our website askgamblers.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under the handle at @askgamblers. On behalf of our team, thank you for joining us and remember to play responsibly. Get the truth, then play.